Taco Bell, Taco Bell. Every five seconds, Joe Buck mentions Taco Bell. I mean, is this... I, I know this promotion is Steal a Base, Steal a Taco. But Joe Buck uh, li- the, 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 literally finds a way. It is a stone base, but we've heard, he's caught stealing, so don't worry. That's not going to take away your taco. <laughs> Frank, they just announced Mookie Betts as the all-time leader in DLT's Doritos Locos Tacos. Yep. And hey, Frank, at least it's better than uh, them mentioning that Clayton Kershaw went to high school with Matt Stafford a million times. Oh, you know, you don't know the worst, the worst one. You, you're too young to remember the worst one. Which one's that? The 2001 World Series. I'm wondering what this could be. It was Yankees versus Diamondbacks. And Fox had a new show out that year called 24. I'm sure you've heard of that 24. No, I haven't. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Kiefer Sutherland plays an anti-terrorist. Like, uh, uh, and, he, and it shows in real time. So, like, one hour is one hour presented as one hour. So, it's like one day in his life, 24 hours is the whole season. And the show ran for like about five, six, seven years. It was a good show. But they had, they advertised it every time. The score is four to two. And if you reverse that, 24. And coming up on Monday is 24 starring Kiefer Sutherland. There's Tino Martinez. As we look at Tino Martinez, let's remind us that 24 is coming up on Monday. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's a throw to Tino Martinez makes the play. And that's. A reminder that 24 is on. It's a home run by Tino Martinez, and the game is over. Watch 24 on Monday. Let's watch a clip of 24 as he runs the bases. <laughs> Who was number 24 on the Diamondbacks? I don't remember the Diamondbacks. I just remember him doing it for Tino Martinez all the time. Oh, yeah. Well, they must have had a field day with that. Uh, and then it was Ali McBeal one year. They kept doing Ali. He goes, as we look at his back, let's mind you that Ali's back. Frank. Were you rooting for the Yankees in the 2001 World Series because of 9-11 and everything in New York? Uh, maybe a little bit. I feel like the whole world was at that point. I wasn't rooting against them, I put it that way. And that's probably the only time you, where you haven't been rooting against them. No, that's not true. I hate the Braves. And I hate the Phillies. So I actually have rooted for the Yankees when they played the Braves and when they played the Phillies. So 96, 99, and 2009. And I really don't like the Marlins. I didn't really give a fuck who won in 2003. But I really hate that fucking owner, Gloria. He's a little, little <laughs> bitch. <laughs> Speaking of <laughs> little bitches, did you see the guy who caught the, uh, the foul ball tonight wearing the shirt that said, nice swing bitch on the bottom of it and fox showed the back of his shirt by accident yep <laughs> sure they they weren't too happy about that uh and did you see frank that uh aikman and buck 
were getting all this heat for saying that the flyover of the uh, of the military planes before games was a waste of money. You know what? I like the flyovers of the military jets. But it's a waste of money in 2020. Yeah. Oh, and here we go. Snell just gave up a two-run homer to Chris Taylor. If the Dodgers win this game, it's going to be a sweep. So Snell actually, uh, Snell did not allow a hit until just now, until that homer. Him and Sandy Koufax are the only two pitchers in World Series history to go four innings with more than eight strikeouts and no hits allowed. Wow. And Koufax did it in 1963. Oh, yeah. uh, Koufax, I think the Yankees that year scored the fewest runs ever in a World Series. Or, Or it might have been 66 Dodgers. Those are the two, like, fewest scoring runs forever in a World Series. Well, hey, that'll happen when you have Sandy Koufax in the prime of his career. Well, the second one actually happened to the Dodgers. To the Dodgers, yeah. Well, in, in 63, though, when you're facing him. Um, Let me look that up. 63. The Yankees, had, the Yankees just were just murderizing that World Series. I mean, it was just... Uh, let me see. Okay, uh... Five, scores were 5-2, 4-1-1-0-2-1. So the Yankees scored uh, four runs in four games. The Dodgers won the 63 World Series, correct? Yes, sweep. Did you know the Yankees, um, since 1962, have only won seven World Series? 20, yeah, of, 20 of, their seven, of their 27 have come before 1962. And do you know who's won more than seven World Series since then? Mm. Nobody. Nobody. I was gonna say either the Cardinals or uh, or or the Red Sox, but I know the Red Sox haven't. The Red Sox have won four. Uh, the Cardinals have won four. Dodgers have won a couple. Uh, since sixty-two, they've Dodgers. won. The, since sixty-two, the Dodgers have won four. Eighty-one, eighty-eight, and one were the other two. Sixty-three and sixty-five. That's right. Orioles have won uh, three. Mets have won two. Mets have won two. Royals have won two. Uh, the A's have won four. Tigers have won two. The Pirates have won two. Phillies have won three. Two. Oh, 1980. Oh, you're right. Oh, nine in 1980. Marlins have won two. Yep. Which is crazy that they've only been around 27 years. They have two World Series. The Royals have won two. Pirates. Pirates have won uh, two. Reds. I mentioned that. Reds have won uh, three. Astros have won. One. Tainted! (laughs) Twins have won two. Blue Jays, two. Braves won. So, you act like seven World Series since 1962 is a bad thing. No, it's not. It's just like when you think of how many championships the Yankees have, 20 of them have come before Well, they had a golden era. They had a golden era. Now, the Yankees, I think they might have lost seven World Series since 62. Let me see. They lost 60... Uh, 
63, 64, 76, 81, that's 4, 01, 03. So they've lost six since then. Wow. And they haven't made the World Series in 11 years. Which is the surprising thing. They haven't made the World Series since the second year of the Obama administration. Well, I call it the de Blasio curse. <laughs> and de Blasio is going to uh, torpedo uh, Steve Cohen. Frank, I mean, I, I have to admit that makes me a little nervous. But um, that story that was put out there by USA Today uh, it comes from Jerry Reinsdorf. Well, uh, which, no, no, every morning, de Blasio wakes up and sings uh, the Internationale. As his wife gets uh, collects all the money, <laughs> I mean, and Richard McCall, Craig Carton was on uh, not Craig, uh, Chris Collins said that you know, our mayor, our brave mayor, our greatest mayor that's ever lived. You know, if he wants to become king, I support it. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, the good news is de Blasio's friends with Fred Wilpon, who wants this deal to go through. Yeah, but not Jeff. Uh, Jeff doesn't want it to go through. No. Uh, I, I ha- you know, it's, it's like that, that whatchamacallit, the nightmare the, the scene in uh, Happy Gilmore. Yeah, of course, where uh, Shooter McGavin's making out with his girlfriend and then makes out with the grandma. Yeah, well, I did that. My vision is that shooter that it's Fred it's, it's Jeff Wilpon that Mr. Met becomes Mr. Yankee. <laughs> the Jacob Degrom is also a Yankee, and the uh, only players on the Mets are uh, members of the Long Island Ducks. Huh. And uh, Chris Carlin is calling the game with Fran Healy. That might happen. <laughs> but, but Frank, the good news is um, some additional reporting says so all the sources are saying that they think that this is bullshit, that this was the seed planted, just like when the same said writer, Bob Nightingale of USA Today, put the story out there that A-Rod was the frontrunner to win the bid, which was bullshit. Uh, now, Reinsdorf now put the seed in about this technicality with uh, the leasing agreement, which everyone's saying that it's bullshit and that... Uh, Steve Cohen was well aware of this a while ago, and, and, and he took care of it. You know, Jer- people may not remember this. Jerry Reinsdorf is why there was no 1994 World Series. Really? Yes. Why is that? All right. Well, you know, play- the owners never wanted free agency. They always wanted to keep baseball where uh, the highest paid player made uh, – 500,000. That would be their ultimate goal. Yeah. But every time they went up against the players, they would lose. They lost because at the time, the owners had a simple vote for um, ending strikes. So 81 got settled after they came up with a ridiculous plan for um, compensation, a ridiculous plan that eventually cost the Mets uh, Tom Seaver. When he went to the White Sox, ironically. So, yeah, they... Well, at the time, every team could protect 20 players after a season was over. 
the rest of the players had to be uh, put into the free agent compensation pool, even if they didn't sign a free agent. The Mets put Tom Seaver in the free agent compensation pool. Didn't want it because he wanted to protect all their uh, rookies. Feeling that nobody would want to touch Tom Seaver's contract since he was coming off two bad seasons. And they lost him. And yeah. he, he went on. He had, he had uh, another good year or two, right? He could have helped them. Yeah, he had good years in 84 and 85. Although, if Tom Seaver is not gone, they... Dwight Gooden maybe begins the 84 season in the minors. Yeah. So it did work out in a way. Yeah. It, it wasn't it wasn't egregious. It wasn't a dumb decision. It just hurt. Uh, let me see. Frank, isn't it a crazy concept that that was, what, maybe 30? Tom Seaver's pitching like 30-something years ago, not even, and now he's dead. 35 years ago. He pitched 35 years ago, and he's dead now. Yeah. Players I've seen are dead now. That's just like crazy because Tom Seaver wasn't even that old. He just, he got sick. Yeah, 75. Back then, you know, when I was growing up, life expectancy was about 75. There weren't that, what 90 is today is what 80 was 30 years ago. Yeah. By the way, remember I said it was Eater? The sixty-five dot, the sixty-six Dodgers or the uh, sixty-three Yankees that scored the fewest runs in the World Series. Who was it? It was the sixty-five Dodgers. Wow! Guess how many runs they scored in the World Series? Four. No, that was the Yankees in sixty-three. Less than four, Jesus. Two. Yes. How do you score two runs in the? How many games was it? Sweet. Four. So it was a four-game sweep. Yeah, they lost. Uh, they lost game one, five to two with. Uh, and then the next three were six zero one nothing one nothing. Wow, <laughs> that's crazy. Oh, Frank, look, uh, Snell got pulled from the game. He got two on. He gave up two runs. Two in on the fifth inning. In the fifth inning, yeah, the Dodgers are going to win this game. Snell hasn't pitched into the sixth inning since uh, since the start of since yeah since the start of twenty nineteen. This bullshit that, that Kevin Cash is going to do is going to blow up in his face next year. The Do- you heard it here first. The Rays are going to. The Rays are going to struggle. They're going to struggle to reach 500 next year. They're going to be like, if there's a 162 game season, they'll be like 84 and 78. Frank, the thing is, um, the problem with with Cash has been that he doesn't know when to pull his guys, and I think he yeah, got Snell out in the right, the totally right situation tonight. That's going to catch up to them. That's going to catch up to them one year. It's going to where where they where everyone in the bullpen doesn't click, and it's going to and they're going to find themselves. The, 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 hovering near 500 and out the playoff pitcher. This guy, Nick Anderson, I believe came from the Marlins. He, he's he got really good stuff. Yeah, had a good uh, division series and a bad series against the uh, Astros. Yeah. And he's facing former Met Justin Turner, who's uh, ready to hit the free agent market again. People actually, someone actually floated the idea, hey, do you think the Mets should sign him at third base? He's 36 years old. No. Yeah. Which is like, Frank, I didn't realize when he came up in 2011, he was like a 27-year-old rookie. Yeah, he, was, he wasn't even rookie. He, uh, he actually played for the Orioles at one time, too. Yeah, briefly up and down, I guess. I guess he... Uh, this, guy like, was a, this, this guy was a quadruple A player. I mean, seriously. 
he wasn't much better than Ty Kelly. No, but then May of 2011, he came up with the Mets, and uh, he just hit everything. I mean, he... <sighs> I always really liked him. I don't. I just don't understand why the front office and and the owners didn't like him um, and like phased him out. I mean, the, the, the his most the most noticeable thing to him, strange uh, uh, music that he came up to bat with. Call me maybe. Yeah. Yeah, he loved that song. I mean, that, that was a little weird. <laughs> I mean, that song was uh w- was a hit back then, that's why. And he also played uh what you call uh Justin Bieber's baby. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Frank, so, if they if they held on to him uh when did he leave? He left after 2013. If they held on to him, imagine if they held on to him a little bit longer, he would have wound up being their third baseman of the future. Because David Wright got hurt in the early 2015. Yeah. But he was like one of those middle infielders that they did that uh, they didn't have a really position for him. They played him at short, they played him at second. But at ease he turned out to be a pretty good third baseman. Yeah. And good in the postseason too. Yeah. He had a no, he had a very good career with the Dodgers. That was the thing. The Mets let him go and he was a star. Nobody but nobody saw it coming. No, but he was always really scrappy. He was clutch. He was reliable. He's versatile. And someone who you want on your team, honestly. Him, yeah, and, Dan- well, him and Daniel Murphy. Well, yeah, yeah you've heard uh, one of the things Steve Cohen plans to do, don't you? He's paying all the workers. Well, besides that. And, of course, that doesn't matter to, J- to Jerry Reinsdorf. Uh, yeah, well, no. Imagine, so also imagine if de Blasio says no to this deal. And you think... Up. You think he gives a fuck about the workers? He doesn't give a fuck about the workers. He wants everyone to be poor. You see, that's that's the thing about socialism. They <laughs> want to spread misery equally. Yeah, because they want everyone to eat out of the hand of the government. That's it. So anyway, getting back to what I was talking about with uh, Jerry Reinsdorf in 1994. That ridiculous 81 player compensation pool, that was removed in 85. Because everyone hated it. And there was a two-day strike in 85, in August. A two-day strike. And basically, Peter Ubroff cut the owners out from underneath their knees. Uh-huh. So, the play- so the owners behind the back decided to start doing, uh, uh, what did they call it, collusion. Where they wouldn't sign any players. Uh, Tim Raines wasn't signed until May. Mm. And he had to go back to the Expos. We're talking a future Hall of Famer that didn't get signed in May. We're talking about players going to Japan. And baseball found out about it, broke it up, made everyone able to be free agents again. And basically, they got uh, uh, Peter Ubroff was not given a second term as commissioner. Well, Frank, what about two years ago in free agency when, uh, when there was some, a little bit of collusion going on where guys just weren't getting signed? Oh, I don't think that was collusion this time. That was analytics. Which everyone is revolting against now because of the Yankees. You know, you got to be balanced. You could be a slave to analytics, or you could be completely uh, just oblivious to analytics. And neither of them are, su- are the path to success. Yeah, I mean, the Yankees, that's what everyone was, you know, praising them for. 
and they've done a good job. And then, and then this year they tried to outsmart themselves, and they, it was overthinking too many people from Harvard. What's crazy too is the Yankees have a high school pitching. I mean, yeah, they have a, they have a pitching coach who basically was a high school pitching coach two years ago. Yeah, college coach. A, a yeah. scout actually was saying uh, an anonymous scout. Uh, was telling NJ.com that he doesn't think that the Yankees pitchers respected Blake. They never had mound visits with the pitching coach because the guy was just inexperienced. Mm. They just uh, try to outsmart themselves. You see, and then after Bart Giamatti died, Faye Vincent became commissioner, and there was a lockout in 1990. And again, Faye Vincent forced the owners to make a deal. To save the season, then, so the season wouldn't be interrupted. So, the owners were pissed at Faye Vincent after that, and Jerry Reinsdorf formed what was called the owner committee, ownership committee. Uh-huh. and Reinsdorf eventually they, the owners fired Faye Vincent as commissioner. He was fired. He didn't even finish his term. He was fired. And Bud Selig became the acting commissioner. And in 1993, when the CBS four-year contract expired, the television deal, the ownership committee made a horrible contract called the Baseball Network because they wanted all the money for themselves and didn't want to share it with the networks. Uh So they created the Baseball Network. Now, what this did was all games that were shown on the baseball network were all aired at the same time. There was no only regional coverage, so it was like football on Sunday, except at one o'clock, except at eight o'clock on a Saturday. That means if the Mets and Yankees were playing, you'd get to watch the Yankees on TV, and you'd have to listen to Mets on the radio. Oh my God! And they did this to say, you see, nobody wants to watch baseball anymore. And Jerry Reinsdorf was the hardliner of the hardliner. That tried to break the players. He was the one that wanted to put the scabs on the field. He led the charge. He was the one that created the battle. He's the one that wouldn't negotiate. He's the one that ended up blowing it up because Sandra Sandra Mayor said that you're not negotiating in good faith. The old deal's in place until you can find a new deal. You can't touch it. You can't force him in a new deal. Go back and negotiate. And it actually took like a two or three years to actually get a new CBA. But Reinsdorf was behind everything that happened in 94. Well, Frank, you see why he's such good friends with A-Rod, and he served as a mentor to him. him. Um, What did A-Rod say? He wanted a salary cap in baseball. And you know what Jerry Reinsdorf wants? A salary cap in baseball. Always did. You know who Jerry Reinsdorf hated? (laughs) Derek Jeter. No, no, he didn't. No, I don't know about that, but he hated George Steinbrenner. Because <laughs> George Steinbrenner did not want a salary cap. George Steinbrenner was always the owner that would try to, like, make peace with the players. Also, uh, Jerry Reinsdorf doesn't have Jerry Krause to uh, use his, his human shield anymore. <laughs> yeah, with the. Uh, with, a lot of people say that was his idea to break up the Bulls, not Krause. And that Krause was just a fall guy. Oh, of course. Because he didn't want to... Uh, uh, Jordan got to the point where he was bigger than the Bulls. 
Yeah, and the thing is, uh, Jerry Reinsdorf then, you know, tried to make himself look good in the doc in the last dance, saying, I offered them all uh, one-year deals, and even after the t- we won the title, I came back and was like, hey, like, let's try and make this work. Like, I know what was said, but let's try and make this work. That definitely did not happen, because I bet you they would have all came back. Yeah. The, 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 the Kraus is dead, so Kraus can't defend himself. Exactly. That's how that, as great as the last dance was, that's really what it was about. Um, but but Jerry Jerry Reinsdorf is a snake in the grass. He's always been a snake in the grass. He really was a dry. He was the of all the heart. He was because what it was in '94 while while the season blew up, while there was no last minute deal like there was in '81, like there was just like the two day strike in '85, like in 1990 when uh, only the first three weeks of spring training were interrupted, and there was a, only a one week delay in the regular season. There were owners that caved. Jerry Reinsdorf created, entrenched the owners. He was the, he was the, like, the, the, he was the leader of the hardliners. He put his good friend, Bud Selig, in the commissioner's office. It was him. Jerry Reinsdorf was a big reason there was no World Series in 1994. He's a big reason there's no such thing as Montreal Expos anymore. He, he, he and I don't know if he has the same influence as he had 25 years ago, but he had his, he had his group of owners, and whatever he said, they would bark like a, if he told them to bark like a dog, they'd start barking like a dog. They, <laughs> they were worried that uh, he was going to be the one to convince the other owners not to okay. Well, the fact that seven to one was a good uh, is a good omen. Yeah. yeah but but Ryan Ryan is slime. Hopefully, he doesn't convince sixteen other owners to say no. Well, supposedly, uh, there's the 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 the, the, the Jeter and the Marlins are going to vote now. Where'd you hear that? It's just it's a Derek Jeter thing. I hope not. You know, Derek Jeter, there's a song that was in the, from the 70s that, that is basically, should, be, uh, should have been uh, Derek Jeter's uh, walk-up music. What is it? They smile in your face all the time they want to take your place. Backstabbers. Backstabbers! <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, Jeter is starting to look... Uh, you know, pretty smart for his ownership strategy. Now it's only been a couple of years, and uh, his team at least could. I know it was a shorter season, but they look like they're ready to compete. At least somewhat. They compete. are not ready to compete. If this, I'm telling you, this was a 162 game season. They would have hit a month where they went 10 and 20. You know what, Frank? I really like or like the June Mets. <laughs> Frank, I really like how this year we got to see minor league players who we wouldn't normally have seen. This year, and and they had some of them had success at the big league level. Andres Jimenez, look at him. David Peterson would have been nice to see uh, Blake Taylor and uh, Kevin Smith. <laughs> and um, yeah, and and yeah, those two especially. Whoever else they gave up to, Jordan Humphrey, Anthony Kay. He's such. You see, the the one of the things that. Um, Steve Cohen says is that they have an antiquated like 
system that measures the people's uh, bats that hasn't been replaced in over 10 years. Everyone has something that's been new in like the last five years uh-huh. that uh, helps positioning players and everything. That's why everyone has that little card in their hat. And meanwhile, the Mets always had the balls falling in front of them. <laughs> God. Well, Frank, I really do hope... Um, you see, I- it's not just about the salary. It's not just about the salary. Why the Mets... She would have met cheapness. It's it's other areas. It's just incompetence. They don't really know what they're doing. They did occasionally. They spend money, but they spend it in the wrong places. Yeah, they 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 did Jed Lowry anybody? <laughs> God, twenty million dollars for seven at bats. Memories of the seven at bats that he had. Didn't even see first base. He was out every time. <laughs> I can't believe that still. Um, and then speaking of the Mets acquisitions in this time, did you see Marcus Stroman was added again today on Twitter talking all this shit? Uh, he blocked me, so I don't know what he said. <laughs> I forgot. About that. <laughs> what did you say to him again? I just said that he's uh, that Marcus Stroman is having a bad game. The Mets shouldn't have made that. The trade wasn't worth it. Yeah, he's really sensitive. He blocks people pretty. He's, yeah, he's got he's got the thinnest skin in the world. Yeah, I, I don't think he'll be back with the Mets. He's also very annoying. And, I mean, uh, 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 Pete Alonso hasn't blocked me, and I called him Pot Belly Pete. Yeah, you also jinxed his season this year. <laughs> You know, but, ever noticed that whenever I started really getting in on him, getting on him, he started hitting. As soon as you did the polar bear plunge. Well, yeah, yeah, you better, you could bet your bottom dollar I'm never doing that again. Yeah, well, you, you cursed him with that, but yeah. Well, no, no I, I'm not doing that again because of fucking 2020. <laughs> I, I, I mean, uh, that, uh, you know, but I don't think it was my polar bear plunge that caused 2020. I still think it was that movie Cats. Yeah, it might be. Or that Sonic the Hedgehog movie with Jim Carrey. They actually fixed that. Yeah, right. Didn't they go back and change the design of Sonic or something? Well, the uh, the original trailer that came out got kind of uh, poor reviews. So yeah. they went and they, they tweaked, they, they tweaked uh, Sonic. Yeah, they got criticized for how it looked. Well, you know what? Let's be fair. The trailer, the, the movie may not have been fully ready for the trailer. Yeah, that's what they were saying. Yeah, so it was on Valentine's Day. I don't know who the fuck would be going to see that on Valentine's Day. I don't know, I just think that was the last time movies were coming out, and they actually did pretty well for uh, Valentine's Day. Frank, I noticed you say Valentine's. Yeah, <laughs> my girlfriend actually says that too. She says Valentine's Day. Why do people pronounce it like that? I don't know. Valentine's Day. Mets manager Bobby Valentine. <laughs> <laughs> God. I remember, the Mets, I remember the Mets had uh, made a trade with the Expos, a very stupid trade, as it turned out. Uh, they traded uh, Jeff Reardon for Ellis Valentine. Ellis Valentine was a, he had a cannon of an arm, but he couldn't hit. Sounds like a Brody Van Wagen in trade. And then Jeff Reardon, meanwhile, became one of the best closers in baseball for the next uh, decade. 
well, I mean, you're acting like this is should this should be a surprise. I mean, this this happens all the time with the Mets. Blake Taylor, they, they trade Blake Taylor for uh, Jake Marisnik, who has hits the IL three times with hamstring injuries in a 60 game season, and is going to leave the Mets after what, like playing 20 games, and then Blake Taylor. I think it was. I think, he, I, think, I, think he got, like, I think he got 17. I think the Mets got 17 out of him. Something Except, like that. I'm going to have to look this up. Did Blake Taylor pitch in the playoffs for the Astros? I think he did. I'm sure he did. I don't remember hearing his name, though. I feel like um, it would have been brought up more. Well, keep in mind, it was uh, Ron Darling doing the games. Blake Taylor had a 2.1 ERA and .7 war in 20 and two-thirds innings pitched, 13 hits allowed, five earned runs, two earned runs allowed, 17 strikeouts. His FIP was 4.5, and his whip was 1.2. That's his not what? Great. His FIP, his fielding. It's like ERA adjusted to uh, average fielding behind you. So if he had just average fielding, um, he would have had a 4.55 ERA. Okay, it- uh, he actually won a game in the division series. And got into five games during the LCS. He had um, five walks per nine in the regular season. 5.4 walks per nine in the regular season. That's not great. Yes, I see he won a game in the in the ALDS. Two innings, five and two-thirds. Um, two walks, let up one home run. That was the only run he allowed. That was the only hit, hit, hit he allowed, too. Um, what was his ERA? Uh 1.59, that's not bad. And Jake Marisnik got into 16 games with 34 at-bats. He only 27, plays- 27 more than, uh, actually, no, 33 at-bats. He had, uh, so he only has 26 more at-bats than uh, Jed Lowry. He batted 333, but he only had 33 at-bats. So he was 11 for 33. Memories of the 33 at-bats. <laughs> Traded a good pitcher for a player who will not last. Plus, you add that seven, that's 40 at-bats between Jed Lowry and Jake Marisnik. All for the price of $20 million and a young 25-year-old controllable lefty with plus stuff. Who's a setup man now? You see, that's the number one reason why they got to get this Steve Cohen deal done. They have... Brody Van Wagenen needs to be fired tomorrow. And I love, he does, and I love that Cohen's bringing Sandy Alderson back to be president. They'll bring in a real real GM, probably from the Oakland A's organization. (sighs) Yeah, probably. just, Just hopefully they'll spend the money and get some good players. Yeah, no, I hope so too. Um, Frank, moving on. Let's talk a little football. We got Giants and Eagles in an NFC least Thursday night football matchup tomorrow night. What are ben, your thoughts ben, ben, on that? Ben, 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 the putrid division, the garbage Trump uh, truck division. It's the NFC East, where the first team to five will be in the playoffs. 
Is that what you think? Five and eleven wins the NFC East this year, Frank? Quite possibly. Will Smith is getting jiggy with it. Yep, Will Smith strikes again. Six to three now, cuts the lead in half. How about last Friday? When the whole uh, when the, the Braves had a lead in game five and Will Smith came up and hit a home run off of Will Smith. Yeah, that was amazing. That was like the <laughs> Spider-Man meme. <laughs> and that changed the whole series. Yeah, no. It as did. the uh, as the Braves are now going to spend the offseason uh, hanging out with the Falcons and discussing what it's like to choke. And speaking of the um, <laughs> of the Spider-Man meme, they actually made that for all four NFC East teams. I don't know if you saw that. Of all oh, four, pointing at each other. <laughs> Giants, Eagles, uh, Washington, and Cowboys. And the Cowboys, by the way, now are revolting anonymously towards their coaching staff, saying they, they're not good at their job and they don't know what they're doing, and they're telling that to the media. What was that? The Cowboys are telling reporters, and not like as anonymous sources, that the coaching staff, Mike McCarthy and his coaching staff, don't know what they're doing. They don't, <laughs> they don't teach. And that so, in other words, disconnect. so could so be one and done for Mike McCarthy. That's what it sounds like. And as much as everyone screamed for the Giants and Jets to bring on McCarthy, has not worked out, and particularly has not worked out because he's in love with Mike Nolan, brought in Mike Nolan, a failed defensive coordinator. Oh, Mike, no, Mike Nolan had, had, his, his, had his moments. But, boy, he... The, the, the Cowboys' defense is a disaster. Mike Nolan had not been a coordinator in six years. He was a failed coordinator. He was a coordinator. He was D- DC of uh, the Falcons, and they were like last in the league in defense every year. I mean, it's it's, it's been a disaster. It is a total disaster. The Dallas Cowboys right now. Yeah, that whole division really is. The Monday night game, they got whooped. Uh, tomorrow night, though, should be interesting. Giants and Eagles. What, what do you think? Do you think we'll see a close game? This guy just threw his glove. Why did he? I guess he's having plenty of alcohol out there in Arlington Stadium. Did that fan really throw his glove onto the field? Yes, he did. What a nut. The uh, uh, Richard McCall gave it back to him, uh, the Ray. But he was like, you're pretending to throw the baseball, and he like. And the glove, like, <laughs> on the field. Threw it at a Rosarena. Nice. I don't... I almost had to see that again to see to see if my eyes were, are, are deceiving me. I guess that's a way to get on TV. Get a little <laughs> 15 seconds of fame. And you notice he has the chin diaper going. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> and they're they're going to go... The Karens are going to go, he's not wearing his mask properly. <laughs> Oh, what a fuck it up year we have. Yeah. I mean, what was seriously. That? Oh, oh, wait. Ron Washington. Ron Washington was wearing his mask by himself on the thir- along the third baseline when no one, in between innings, no one was there. And his mask was, like, on his chin. And Jimmy Traina from Sports Illustrated posted the picture, and he goes, how does he still not know how to wear a mask after all this time? And everyone commented. They said, shut up, Jimmy, you snitch, <laughs> you Karen. And he goes, oh, guys, I was just kidding. I was making a joke. And Ron Washington quote tweeted, and he's like, I don't know you, but, like, nobody was near me at all. And it was in between innings. People. It's like that's, that's the media. That's the sports media, and that's the regular media. It sums them up this year. Oh. They're fucking little snitches. <laughs> 
Uh, you know, it, <laughs> I'm telling. <laughs> that is what the media feels like. You know that, like that one kid, that you, that, that annoying kid in like second grade. Oh, I'm telling. They're the, yes, they're the kid in second grade who told the principal on everybody all the time. <laughs> they also spent their time shoved in lockers too. Well, that happened when they got to the sixth grade. Yeah. Definitely. And that's what they could have used Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide TV show. That, except, Frank, that's, that's a little uh, past your time. I don't, I don't think you know about that show. That's when I was in middle school and elementary school. That was a popular show on Nickelodeon. No, I actually never heard of that show. <laughs> it was interesting. It was like all, all these other shows. Like I'm sure you heard of Drake and Josh. That I've heard of a little bit of, but I really don't know much about it. Yeah, those are like the shows that I kind of grew up watching. Um. Yeah, so, Frank, back to tomorrow night's game. Um, do you have a pick for the Thursday night matchup with Giants and Eagles? Do you think the Giants... Uh, well, should I it... save it for my uh, for my uh, pick? Yeah, we can start off with that if you want. All right. Well, this is the league where they pay for play. <laughs> Yes, that's right. This is week seven. Week seven. Do you believe it's already week seven? You know, it just seems like yesterday that we were in the, the training camps, but now week seven. We're almost halfway through the season. And league goes by so fast. So fast. Yes. <laughs> the Giants and the Eagles. Both these teams stink, and one of them might be going to the playoffs. None of them deserve to be in the playoffs. The Eagles are listed as a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Now, I look at this uh, meeting, and I look at the past history. Since the second meeting in 2008, when the Giants were 9-0, and and they lost that game to fall to 9-1, and and uh, Plexigo Burris had his uh, incident and was out for the playoffs, they are um, 19 and 4 against the Giants, the Eagles are. Including 16 and 4 during the decade of the 2010s. And they have won 12 of the last 13 games. It is difficult for me to look past that. Though I think the Giants might get the cover. I think it might be a field goal game. I'm taking the Eagles to win 20 to 17. I actually had a similar prediction, Frank. I predicted 24-21 Eagles. Oh, nope. that incredible team in the white and the green. They go up, biddy, up, up, they come down, de down, down. Up, boom, down. Crashing around. Everyone is going to be gone soon. Yes, that is right. Do you believe people, the, the Jets are trading away players now. Any player that has any ability seems to be getting the leaving, and when they leave, they don't even they don't even take off their uniform. The guy, the the guy they traded the Buccaneers. Uh, what was his name that they traded this Steve, week? Steve McClendon. Reportedly, was he was told he was traded. He just dropped his uniform off, grabbed his shirt, didn't even grab, didn't even bother to grab his bag. He was like. <laughs> that, that renting a car to drive from Miami to Tampa Bay. He couldn't wait to get there. <laughs> I bet. I mean, now he's, he gets to play, uh, you know, for a, a competent football team. And yeah, he didn't, he didn't even go home with the Jets. He didn't even bother to go pick up his stuff. <laughs> and the Jets, 
two Moses. He just ran. He already was traded, and he left like before anyone changed his mind. He went across. He couldn't <laughs> wait to get out of there. See you later, losers. <laughs> <laughs> and then they uh, they traded someone else today. I mean, there'll probably be another two or three players that are going to be gone soon, or uh, as they as they say in uh, my line of work at the courthouse, paroled. <laughs> Let out of jail. I don't. I don't think the Jets. Yeah, it's pretty much what it is. I. 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 I, I looked at the schedule. There is a. There is a better than ten. Better than eighty percent chance this team goes on the goes goes zero sixteen. They are bad, and worse than being bad, they are dysfunctional. I mean, dysfunctional with a capital D. Look at this. Look at this hot dog. A two-foot hot dog called a boomstick in Texas. Wow. Would you eat that, Frank? I think I might have to try it. What's on that? Uh, looks like uh, caramelized onions, uh, nacho cheese, uh, jalapeno peppers. It's Texas, of course. Got that Mexican influence down there. Southwest. It's probably a lot of Southwest spices. Yeah. As long as there's no ketchup. No ketchup. No mustard. <laughs> yeah, I forgot you're not a mustard guy. I know you're not a condiment guy, but... Ugh, well, I, tried, no, I had guy. mustard soda yesterday. Let me tell you, that was nasty with a capital N. Mustard soda? Mustard soda. Oh. Yeah, this, this guy named Lester. He comes up with these weird sodas. He's the same motherfucker that made the pickle soda. <laughs> so, what is the mustard soda the worst you've ever had, then? No, that will be the yogurt soda. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. That was with Vibs, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, that was nasty. Anyway, the Jets are 13-point favorites. I mean, 13-point underdogs at home to a team that has lost the last two games. Does that not just illustrate how bad the Jets are? The Bills are going to brutally murder them. Do you? Do you, do you well, I, the, the Bills last two weeks... Uh, Derrick Henry ran the ball down the throat, and uh, Henry uh, Edward Hilaire ran the ball down his throat. The Jets don't have anyone able to do that. Uh, Sam Darnold might play, but it doesn't matter. The Bills are going to win that game 31-6. Frank, the Jets, now they got rid of Le'Veon Bell. He's like, thank God I'm finally free and out of Adam Gase's fucking web. But they have LeMichael... Perrine, who was their fourth round pick, who they he's clearly not even ready, or at least he doesn't know the offense or something. I don't know. They did a terrible job of developing this guy. They were to where like they can't give him carries. The, the, the Jets are the, that's what I mean. The Jets are, are worse than bad, they're dysfunctional. Yeah, but I, I think um, Joe Douglas, he's gonna have you know, like you said, they'll probably have the number one pick, and either they can trade Sam Donald in the offseason and draft Trevor Lawrence, or they can. Keep Donald and trade the number one pick for a slew of picks. I tell you, Sam. If uh, Sam Donald, the best thing that could happen to him is to end up in a place like Indianapolis or the, or Pittsburgh. Moving uh, moving on. Uh, speaking of Pittsburgh, uh, battle the unbeaten's this week, and I'm surprised CBS didn't move this game to four o'clock. Oh yeah, it should be. I mean, we got the Titans and the Steelers. I think this is going to be a terrific game. 
I think the uh, the Titans are actually a two point underdog, which I think is nuts. Uh, I think that uh, Pittsburgh's a good team, a strong team. I like the way Pittsburgh's playing. Pittsburgh's got a good defense, but you know what? I think right now Derrick Henry is making his case to be MVP, and I think Derrick Henry wins that game for uh, Tennessee. While Tennessee has looked very strong, Frank, keep in mind they lost their star left tackle Taylor Luan for the season with a torn ACL on Monday. Well, that, that's going to be tough, but I think I think the yeah, Titans find a way to win that game, twenty-seven twenty-four. Okay, that's fair enough. The Steelers have looked strong too, but uh, th- that's that's game of the week right there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going mainly on just how Derrick Henry right now is just running the ball. Yeah, that's that's the main reason I'm making that pick. And in another game in the dumpster fire division. Hold on, Frank. Not to pause you there, but did you see Des Bryant had a tweet that he deleted like very fast? He said he tweeted that he wanted Derrick Henry. He said the Cowboys could add Jalen Ramsey and Derrick Henry. <laughs> He's not even a cowboy anymore. What's he doing these days, anyway? That's a major shot at Zeke. Well, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, you know that. Remember that. Remember uh, what was that? Uh, uh, American Idol had that song. Ball on the ground, ball on the ground, looking like a fool with the ball on the ground. Balls on the ground, balls on the ground, looking like a fool putting the ball on the ground. He needs to talk to Tiki Barber and Tom Coughlin because uh, he he's someone in need of uh, practicing that high and tight method. He cannot hold on to the ball this year. This is a game that's going to test where the Cowboys go from here. The 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 Washington Football Team, and good news, they're going to keep that name next year. Yay! <laughs> People are actually thinking that they want that's going to be their permanent nickname. God for fucking bid. Soccer is among us. Soccer. I hate soccer names! <laughs> Washington football team. Yay! Going to, and today we have the Dallas football team going against the Washington football team. <laughs> it's football team versus football team. Who's the better football team? Find out. And and. and and later tonight, we'll be watching the New York United going against New York City. Well, Frank, there's no way um, there's no way the Cowboys can lose this game, right? I'm picking the Cowboys to win by a field goal. I, I, the, 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 the Washington has a good defense. The Cowboys' defense is atrocious. And if, but the problem is the uh, Washington has no offense. Dwayne Haskins is a certified bust. The, the, I mean, the, 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 him calling him sick basically just didn't go over well. Well, he's inactive now. It's It's been Kyle Allen and uh, Alex Smith's the number two. Over yeah, him. well, Kyle Allen is Kyle Allen. And the only thing I can say about that is he's Kyle Allen. And <laughs> if you're Kyle Allen, that's not a good thing. And yep. Alex and Alex Smith is inspirational, but he's no longer a functional quarterback. No. Uh, I'm taking I'm taking the Cowboys twenty to seventeen. The, they always seem to beat Washington anyway. That sounds like a good game to take the under as well. Yeah, even though the red, if 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 if, if Washington is able to put thirty points up on Dallas this week, then the only solution. Is for the Cowboys to launch Mike Nolan into the sun. 
<laughs> I think it's headed for that anyway. All right, let's see. Do I want to go with that game? Uh, all right, uh, uh, Cardinals. Uh, they just that came off of three row games in a row. They won two out of three, and now it's Kyler Murray against Russell Wilson in Arizona. Uh, I think Kyler Murray is, is showing improvement, uh, but he only can inspire right now. Aspire to be Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is the man. Russell Wilson will win this game. Seahawks 31, Cardinals 20. And now we'll go to the primetime games this week. It's Vegas Brady against the Raiders. <laughs> John uh, Gruden facing his former team that he won a Super Bowl with. Only, dif- only difference this time is it's been more than, uh, more than a year since he last played his team or last seen his team. So the Buccaneers are not the same team he was, unlike when he played the Raiders in the Super Bowl. And just totally, that was just the dumbest. The, the, the Raiders never changed their game plan. And during practice that week, John Gruden played Rich Gannon on the spy team. And all the play calls and uh, snap counts were the same. <laughs> <laughs> that's why they had, that's why uh, Gannon had like uh, five interceptions, seven turnovers. Yeah, because the Buccaneers' defense knew every time they got they got on the field and lined up, they knew a play was coming. Yes, they did, and and you know you know what? Hopefully, the Raiders' center doesn't take off for Mexico this week. <laughs> yeah, that didn't help either. Yeah. Uh, I like the Buccaneers. I think I think Tom Brady, after a, bad, a shaky first quarter last week, when I when I started questioning, is he actually done? I think now we're going to see uh, Tom Brady. Uh, Start winning some games here, and I think uh, Raid, the Buccaneers are going to win on Sunday night, 31-20. I love the over in that game, too. I think it'll be high scoring. Well, 51 points. I don't know what the over-under is. I, I never really – I played over-under once. Once! And I lost by a missed extra point! <laughs> it's probably the – the the over-under is probably pretty high. It's probably it like in the, the 40s uh, range. It was just a couple of weeks ago. It was the uh, – Chiefs Ravens game, and it was like fifty four points, fifty four point five points, and it was fifty four points was the final. <laughs> Sounds like your luck. Tell me about it. I picked the Rays to win yesterday because Kershaw was on the mound, and I picked the Dodgers to win today because I, because Dodgers were so dominant yesterday. Anyway, Monday night game, the final game that I'll be picking today. Of course, I do all my picks on the Sports Encyclopedia, so you can see it right there. It's the Rams and the Bears. And the Bears are 5-1, and one, but they might be the most weakest, weirdest 5-1 and one team I've ever seen. What, they've had three comebacks? Won all five games by seven points or less? Rams win this one, 24-16. So Frank, you would uh, you're going with the under then for the over under is forty six for this game and the the spread is minus five and a half. Yep. So do you like you like uh, them to cover then? Who the Rams? You think the Rams cover in this game? Yeah. Five and a half point favorites. Yes. I believe in Nick Foles. I don't know about you. Yeah, 
as a I believe in him as someone who can you can win games with. Yeah, but I, yeah, but you, with Nick Foles, you're going to go 11 and 5, 12 and 4 at best. I mean, that's pretty damn good. And they're 5 and 1 already, so. Yeah, well, this is uh, one of those. This is five losses. Aaron Donald. That's all I have to say. Hey, I mean, Aaron Donald, uh, you know, that was the fear coming into the Giants game. And, uh, you know, betters alike were not happy with that game because the Giants were supposed to get killed. And they had a first year center dominate basically dominate Aaron Donald. The Giants held him in check, as good as he is. So, you know, it's possible that, uh, you know, the Bears take care of business against him. But you never know. I mean, he's still Yeah, out. well, I'm, I'm going with the Rams. How about um, the 49ers and Patriots at 430? That's going to be a good game, too. That's, that's at Foxborough. The Patriots never lose three in a row. I mean, they're two and three for the first time since 2001. When's the last time they lost three in a row? I can't remember. This one is uh, minus three. Minus three and 45.5. I'm going uh, I'm going under, I guess. 27-17 Patriots. You think that uh, the 49ers cover? No. No, they don't cover. I, I said 27-17. Yeah, so. you're right. You're right. Um... What else do we got? We got the Falcons and the Lions. Oh, God. Two of the teams that are poison to my betting. Poison. I have four teams now. I have a, a new team that joined that list. Before, it was the Lions, Chargers, and Falcons. Now, it's the Vikings joining that group after last week. I'm taking the Falcons. 34-23. 34-23. Okay, so you don't like the Lions to cover in this. Um, you're actually you're going the over, Frank. Well, the Falcons don't exactly have the best defense in the world. Yeah, that, the, uh, the over-under is 56.5, which I thought was high looking at these two teams. But I guess since both teams, uh, you know, they can score points, but they can't play defense. Yeah. So... Uh, moving on, here's one that that'll probably make you chuckle a bit: uh, the Cleveland Browns versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Two teams on the rise. Battle of Ohio. Baker Mayfield's coming off a horrible performance against the Steelers last week. And uh, in Week One, he had a horrible performance and bounced back by uh, carving up the Bengals. Yeah, and and I I think that uh, I mean the Browns. What's hurting them is that they're missing Nick Chubb. Um, but, yeah, this is probably a week that they bounce back against the Bengals like they did earlier on. The, um, Brown, I, the Browns are going to be in the playoff race until week 16. Or, 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 or should I say until the end of the season. They're going to be – they're either going to finish uh, – they're either going to get the seventh seed or they're going to finish, like, one game out of the seventh seed. And this one, uh, did you – Frank, did you say what, – what's the score you have for this game? It's plus three. The spread's plus three, and uh, – over under is 51 and a half. Another one right, right near it. Browns 30, Bengals 20. And let's see what else we have. Uh, the final game, I believe. Um, oh, I mean, if you want to do the Jaguars and Chargers, that's uh, minus I don't, eight. I, I don't think that game is very uh, much to talk about in that game. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'll be watching. That's like our usual typical Thursday night games, I feel like, that we get over the last few years. 
Um, with 49 points, though, uh, I would do an, the under. And with the spread is minus eight, I I'm gonna go. I'm going Chargers 31, Jaguars 20. 31, 20. Damn, I was gonna say this would be a good game. I feel like to to go with the spread there. Uh, the it's Jaguars. The Jaguars are that look like every week they're playing worse and worse. And Justin Herbert might only yet had may not have won a game yet, but he's played good enough to win a game. And when that happens, I just sense that he's just going to have just a breakout performance. Yeah, I mean, he has played well. You're right. You're definitely right there. Um, the Green Bay Packers are playing the Houston Texans in, our, uh, in a matchup in Houston. And spread there is plus three and a half with the over-under being 56. Um, I like the under, I think, on this one. Uh, I like the over. And Packers, I don't, I don't Packers, think the Texans will cover. Pack, Packers 37, Texans 24. Okay, Frank. Texans defense is atrocious. Yeah, no, it really is. And the Packers, can we know the Packers can score. They're coming off a really bad game, and I think they, they get back to, uh, to business this week. Um, and then our last one is actually an NFC South matchup. It's the Carolina Panthers at... When your team is down and you don't have a chance... You might find a quarterback who can help you win the game. He sometimes is good, but not consistent. And then he gets picked off like Teddy Bridgewater. He will let you down. You didn't know I have a song for Teddy Bridgewater, did you? I didn't know that. So I'm guessing you're taking the Saints in this game? Yeah, but I think the uh, Panthers cover. Yeah, it's I think, that, I think that seven and a half is a little too rich for my blood. Yeah. Saints no, I... 27, Panthers 23. So you're going with the under again in this one. Frank, you're really a, an under better. Hmm. I guess I am. Yep. I never pay. I never look at the over under when I make my bets. Of course, we have the Chiefs. They're going to kill the Broncos, twenty seven to ten. I don't think we mentioned that one. Yeah, and that's that line's plus nine and a half. And uh, you know, I have another song too for the uh, for uh, another certain quarterback that's now a starter. Who would that be? Kyle Allen? Nope. Oh, oh Tua. Nope. nope. Who is it? He is a dandy, handy Dalton. <laughs> Andy, dandy, do or die. When the game is on the line, he'll be sure to fumble. That is the Andy Dalton way. Frank, <laughs> that reminds me, though. Uh, Dolphins obviously are on their bye week. What do you think about Tua getting handed the reins? You know... It, it's not about this year. It doesn't matter if they're three and three or play, playoff contenders or uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, I don't understand why he's upset. You know, he knew this was going to happen. And the Dolphins bye week got moved around because of the COVID thing. I think the plan was always for it to be after the bye week. I I think that was always the plan. This the bye just- week. 
the bye week was going to eventually be in uh, the middle of November between two games against the Jets. Yeah, which they um, they definitely had a plan in place. And now that the uh, bye week got moved because of uh, other teams' COVID uh, troubles, it's the perfect time to do it. I mean, you have you have two weeks to prepare him for that game next week. Two weeks. Yep, and this is this is similar to where the Giants were five and four with Kurt Warner in two thousand four, and they were playoff contenders, and they they benched Warner in favor for Eli as a developmental player, and, and uh, that worked out pretty well. I, I would, I, if I recall. Yeah, even though it didn't work out in the in the short term, uh, the Giants lost. I mean, the, the, the Dolphins the, the Dolphins might go three and seven in their last ten games, and that doesn't matter. What matters is developing to a Tonga Viola for the next. 10 years, hopefully. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you, Frank. Um, also, imagine if Twitter existed back when Eli took over and lost six straight in his first his first six starts. <laughs> yeah. Well, sport, you know what, though? It was pretty level-headed on sports radio, if I could recall. Yes, it was, he, was, he was losing games like Justin Herbert is, where he showed you signs... And he didn't look completely overwhelmed. It's just that he just didn't have the ability to win yet. Yep. And he had that impressive comeback against the Cowboys in the last week of the season. So that gave fans also something to think on for the offseason and kind of fantasize. And, and then they came through. They were 11-5 and five the following year. So something that we were hoping that Daniel Jones, uh, you know, would turn into in year two. But it hasn't exactly gone yeah. that way. I, I I I tell you I when I see uh, Daniel Jones it just reminds me so much of Dave Brown. <laughs> Don't say that to me, Frank. Please. What college did Dave Brown go to? Duke. What college did Daniel Jones go to? Duke, and that's why you say that they're similar. But what college coach did Daniel Jones have? I don't remember. Cutcliffe. And- oh no! Da- oh, yeah, da- I'm not talking about Dave Brown. No, I don't. I don't know who Dave Brown had, but Daniel Jones had Cutcliffe, Eli Manning had Cutcliffe, and Peyton Manning had Cutcliffe. Mm. It's Jason Garrett is the worst fucking offense coordinator of all time. His off, thank Frank. His offense, they all just run short hitch and curl routes. They don't throw. Evan Ingram had been targeted ten only ten yards or more one time this season, and it was the opening drive on Sunday. On that doesn't bother offense. me as much as. He just fumbles way too much for me. He actually hasn't. Fu- he has not been fumbling this year. It's he's thrown seven interceptions. He has, I believe, three touchdown passes, which sucks. And his red zone numbers last year was thirteen and thirteen touchdowns, no interceptions. This year, it's th- no touchdowns and or one touchdown and three interceptions. That's terrible. Terrible. And two times him getting hit, his arm getting hit as he was trying to throw it out of bounds. Again, it happened. And that's on his line, but also it sucks. It can't happen. Yes, yeah, so I'm, st- I'm still not a Dave Jones guy. I still don't believe in him. Daniel Jones, all he has to throw to is Darius Slayton, and that's it. And he has a foot injury. Nobody else. Golden Tate is not getting open. Evan Ingram is not being used right in this, off- in this offense. Sterling Shepard may be able to go tomorrow night, but that's going to be a game-time decision and honestly is unlikely. Did you see uh, Slayton's tweet tonight? He's one of many people pissed off now that uh, no more Charlie Brown specials on TV. Uh, add to the list of things being canceled in 2020. Why are they canceling that? 
because Apple, you have to own Apple product uh, to get it. This Apple Plus now has it. Oh, that's ridiculous. I, I mean, can you, you, you? I mean, literally, you can't watch if you you have to buy Apple to own Apple Plus. Isn't isn't that is that not the case? Yeah, it should be. That's ridiculous. Yeah, no. This I, is I, why I hate Apple. They're <laughs> evil. They yeah, are I evil. I know you're not an Apple guy, Frank. You're a green message guy. They, they are an evil company. Evil. <laughs> evil. Well, Frank, we're just about out of time. Um, before we do ask the tank and finish things up, uh, Antonio Brown might be going to the Seahawks once he gets reinstated in the coming weeks. Um, Craig Carr is good going back to him. Yeah, yes, I agree with you. It is a good place for him. It's funny because they were Josh Gordon and now Antonio Brown. Well, <laughs> it's a good place. You see, you see with Antonio Brown, would you have people like that? You need a veteran quarterback that's level-headed to handle him. That, that would be Russell Wilson. And I, I can't think of a better quarterback that's a veteran quarterback that's level-headed. Then uh, Russell Wilson. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you, Frank. Um, and, and then also, as I'm sure you know, Craig Carton is expected to be offered to do the afternoon drive for WFAN this week. <sighs> Carton and, and uh, Evan, that doesn't sound good to me. Yeah, I hope it doesn't happen. I mean, it's too, you can't have two lead guys like that. They're going to be stepping all over each other. Yeah, it, it should not happen. Um, I think that uh, it's got to be Carton and her next athlete. That's what everyone's saying. Well, to me, I think you reunite Carton with Boomer and move Geo to, to afternoon with the Evan Networks. Boomer and Geo just uh, signed an extension, so I don't think that show's not going anywhere. They've made it clear that it's not going to be Boomer and Carton again. Do you hear that? What is that? That's my toilet just bubbling up for some reason. Oh, uh, that's not good, Frank. It does that from time to time. Speaking of uh, your apartment, did Ralph uh, kick any more holes in your ceiling? Uh, he was stomping around uh, pretty early last game, but when the uh, Colts came back, he was happy. Did you hear him celebrating upstairs? Uh, a little bit. He wasn't <laughs> happy with the game. He, the Phillip Rivers uh, might have had a good game, but the Colts defense was too soft. <laughs> So I'm sure you guys talked about it on the window sale podcast. Yep. yep. So, um, Frank, we actually have a good bit of Ask the Tank, even though we ran o- we're running over a little bit, but uh, the people want to hear from you. So let's, uh, let's get this started. Um, Alex Micheletti says, Frank, with Steve Cohen now going to be the Mets owner, who is the number one target that the Tank wants the Mets to sign in the offseason or trade for? Uh, oh, shit. Corey Seager just went 407, dead center, 6'4. Let's, let's see. You know, I think I might go George Springer and see if uh, they could go. Uh, if he could get JT remodeled, that would be nice. If not, how about Salvador Perez? <laughs> you sure, Frank? I think James McCann would be a good catching option if they don't get real Muto. And I think if they got McCann, then they could also afford a George Springer. I don't know that they're going to get Bauer. I would love them to get Trevor Bauer. They need Trevor to Bauer is going to be wearing pinstripes next year. I really hope not. I mean, the Yankees just dished out 
$350 million to Garrett Cole. How much more fucking money can they give? Trevor Bauer wants to be a bad guy. He likes to, I think he's got that WWE heel personality. If he and wants there's to be, no, And there's no better heel move than starting with the Yankees. Well, if he goes to the Red Sox, though, he'd be a big villain in that rivalry. Yeah, but I think the Red Sox are still trying to, like, figure out what they're, what they're going forward. I think the Red Sox are actually in a little bit of a rebuild. I don't, yeah. think, the, I don't think the Red Sox are going to be aggressively uh, going after any. Oh, my. Oh, dude, boy. There go. Here comes the Dodgers comeback. Wow. The Dodgers have started a comeback right there as Justin Turner blooped one in between the center and right fielder and uh, it got by them. Kiermaier is still down and uh, Turner's at second with no outs in, in the bottom of the eighth. Almost a collision. Things are getting a bit dicey here. Yes, yes, when you keep throwing out relievers, eventually someone's going to go in there and falter. That's why you need starting pitching to go seven innings! Yeah, I mean, that's what got them here, though, Frank, is their bullpen. And, yeah, you could do that in a 60-game fraudulent season. <laughs> but, Frank, that's not fair, though, because the Rays were good last year, and that's, that's how they did it, too. And you know what? That catches up eventually. That catches up eventually. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're the Mets manager, you burn out your bullpen by June every year. The Mets—that's the other thing too. Talk about free agent acquisitions or trades for the Mets. Um, they need some relievers. They're going to need a high end reliever and and a bunch of other guys too. Justin Wilson's leaving. They really don't have many reliable relievers unless they move mm-hmm. Seth Lugo back to the bullpen. They still need help out well, there. Well, that they had to try to figure out. They're going to they need to make a couple of trades. Uh, but who's the, who do they have to give up? I mean, J.D. Davis, I feel like, would be a good trade ship this offseason, especially if they could sign a third baseman. Imagine if they sign LeMayhew. And Brandon Nimmo could be possibly traded, too. Yeah, well, if they sign Springer, it would make sense. I mean, uh, we have to see what they do in the offseason. It's no, hopefully no longer half-assed and go and get into blue light specials. Yeah. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Say it again. War. 